welcome back everyone to get cute how exciting this is um this episode we haven't done a lot of these this season as far as me diving into a subject with a lot of resources and things like that a lot of it has been you know supplied and um, supplemented with my own experience and knowledge which is fine but we are getting back into the you know uh research type of thing because these are the types of topics that make me really happy and giddy i know in previous episodes i talked about doing um an episode on big note big O notation, which is still on the roster. I do still have like half of that transcript done, but this coming up was just a lot more interesting to me. And you know, as one does, I was perusing Reddit and I saw this post in the subreddit CS career questions. And you know, it was actually a post that made me start thinking and it made me start thinking about where I am posting my data, what type of social media platforms I'm using, and do we really know what these companies are doing with the data that we provide them? The answer is no. I mean, um, we're fortunate enough to be in a technical field, so we have a good understanding of what's going on with our data and understanding, giving your data, what trade-offs you're having and that sort of thing. But Oftentimes, the general population doesn't know what's going on with their data, and that is the problem. Um, but you know what? It's This is just really interesting to me, and I thought, why the hell not do an episode about the app Blind? But before we get into the actual content of that and talking about how problematic the name of the app is, I do want to say thank you to everyone that has been leaving the reviews and everything for Get Cute Podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to Get Cute where um, you're able to leave a review and a comment. It has been helping me out a lot. We've been up and down the charts over the past, I want to say, four weeks. It's been absolutely a wild ride, and I appreciate y'all so much for supporting. If you missed last week's episode, I am running a contest where I am giving away an interview bundle that has a lot of books that I like and also um, a productivity planner, which helps with um, interview prep and then also just using on the day-to-day for figuring out job tasks for myself and that is available and um, if you want to know the rules and everything like that I did talk about that in the last episode and also if you follow the podcast on Twitter which is at get cute podcast then you will be able to share all of that information as well and get into the contest because I believe I'm going to be running it for like another week or so before cutting off, um, announcing the winner, and then sending out the gifts and the goodies. How exciting. Um, What else do I need to talk? Oh, yeah, I'm designing t-shirts. I'm designing a t-shirt, maybe a sweatshirt. Um, I'm designing things that I like to wear. Um, And I may be designing socks because I know a lot of tech people are kind of over uh, t-shirts, but I still love them. (laughs) I love t-shirts and sweatshirts. And I'm trying to see um, if I can provide a variety of sizes for the t-shirts and sweatshirts because I know that is such a huge part of not liking t-shirts because honestly, the ranges that most companies and conferences that we go to give are not 
great. They're not good. So I don't want to be part of that problem. Um, but also, I like the idea of designing socks because I don't want to design just like a logo on a sock that's kind of off. I want to design a pattern. I just got to figure out what type of pattern I would like and what colors offer and things of that nature. And to also not go overboard and order a bunch of socks and then nobody buy them. Have I rambled enough? I, I, I think I have. Um, yeah, let's, let's get into talking about blind. Are you teaching yourself a new language or framework or maybe just being stuck inside has you bored? edX can help. edX is a centralized platform that gives you access to over 2,500 plus online courses from 140 leading institutions such as Harvard University, MIT, University of California, Berkeley, and tech powerhouses like Microsoft and IBM. I have personally enrolled in the Web Programming with Python and JavaScript course from Harvard because it's always great to refresh your skills when you're not using them in your day to day. The best part is that there are other people taking the class with you so you don't have to grind through the courses alone. For GetCute listeners, edX has given you a discount to use the service and you can choose to use the discount now or later. To take advantage of edX discount, go to edX.org forward slash cute. Again, edX.org forward slash cute. All right, as usual with this podcast, I want to be very clear and open about the resources that I have used here. So my main resource, of course, was the post on subreddit CS Career Questions, which is a post by Public Agency 6912. And by the way, I did contact this user yesterday when I realized that I wanted to do an episode about this particular post and topic, but they didn't reach out to me in time for a yay or a nay, but then I went ahead and researched the user and it is a throwaway account um, that they have for this. So in no way am I outing them or, um, you know, risking their anonymity um, in the sense of saying their username, but I did want to give them credit for this because they're the ones that made me go through the deep dive of even figuring out what was going on. Um, And then also the other resource is going to be wikipedia.org. And I need to tell y'all that I have quite literally read every single article that are listed in the bibliography as resources for the blind Wikipedia listing. I'm quite serious. I've read all of them. So um, if you want the full list of resources, please go to the blind Wikipedia um, listing and check out all of the articles that I went through there. Okay, so the interesting thing about this CS Career Questions post wasn't necessarily um, that the fact that they were posting about it. I think um, that was the first time I'd seen blind being posted about in CS Career Questions, but the question that public agency 6912 raised was about the legitimacy of blind. Do we trust blind is what they asked actually. And furthermore, I'm going to build on top of that and ask if we do, then why? And it's such an interesting question because when I was introduced to blind, I was still working at my former company who shall not be named. And um, I was actually introduced to it by coworkers. Um, because obviously I think at that time I was starting to try to figure out um, where I wanted to go as far as a company and you know Glassdoor can only give you so much context 
as far as what the company is because a lot of those reviews are left by people that have left the company and a lot of them skew negative so you're not sure how serious you can take those reviews anywho so somebody told me about blind and yes we can talk about how problematic blind's name is i hate it it's completely <laughs> ableist um it, it's it's a terrible name but anywho uh, I downloaded the app, I signed up, and for those of you that do not have the app, um, it, I know for a fact it's available on iOS, I'm not sure if it's available on Android, but I wouldn't see how it could not be, it's not anything that I feel as though shouldn't be cross-platform. When you sign up for an account, you have to use your work email, and um, I will admit that when I first saw that I was a bit hesitant, but also I was in a mind space um, where I was just like, oh yeah, fuck it, take this email address, I don't care. Um, <laughs> so that's a thing. So they have my old work email address for my blind account. I probably won't be making a new blind account with my um, current e work email address. Actually, I haven't even gotten that yet. So don't worry, don't worry, new company. I'm not gonna be doing that. Um, but um, you have to sign up with your work email, which is fine, and I didn't really think too much about it, and I went ahead and did it. And it brings a really good point about what sort of data we are allowing these applications to have. And I feel as though from a security standpoint, there's always that risk that leaks are going to happen. I mean, obviously over the last, primarily over the last year to two years we've seen a lot of security leaks a lot of huge security leaks um, that have impacted the public in a tremendous matter um, and I feel as though that as consumers as application users we need to be more aware of what data we're giving away and what these companies are actually doing with the information that we give them. And um, although it's starting to slowly roll along as far as um, state and federal legislature within the United States, um, I don't think that we currently have um, representatives of the population that are too well-versed in what, um, what's going on with technology. I'm trying to say this in the best way as I can. <laughs> and I'm also not trying to make this an extremely political uh, episode, but that it's the truth that we don't have representation or a lot of representation that um, deals with technology outside of phones, emails, that sort of thing. So we need to start becoming aware of that. And what are the implications of an app like Blind having those emails and what happens if a leak happens. So needless to say, Blind did have a security breach and those email addresses did leak. Here I'm going to reference an article by Zach Whitaker written for TechCrunch. The title is, at Blind, a security lapse revealed private complaints from Silicon Valley employees. One of its servers storing user data and messages was exposed without a password. That's kind of major, you know. Um, <laughs> for those of you that don't know the background of Blind, um, before I started 
researching for this episode, I didn't know about it either. Blind is actually a South Korean funded company and it's made its way into the US market in 2015. So originally this applications was used in South Korea um, and used by major tech companies within the country. And, and then in 2015, it quickly came over here and started being used for even bigger tech companies in the US, including Apple, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Twitter, Uber, you think of a tech company, your company is probably in there. I promise you. So here's the interesting thing. In 2018, the exposed server, according to Whitaker, as he writes, was found by a security researcher who goes by the name Musab H, who informed the company of the security lapse. So this wasn't even something that was found by, say, somebody within the company um, and it necessarily wasn't hacked in the sense for good or bad. I couldn't find any additional information about Moseb H, um, who they were, um, and if they were actually just happened upon it. Um, so apparently, it, to give you some more information about the leak, Blind was using Cubana dashboards for its Elasticsearch database. And of course, the database had a lot of tables within that, including private messaging data and web-based content for both of the US and Korean sites that it had. Um, Blind did say that the exposure only affected users who signed up or logged in between November 1st and December 19th. And that exposure relates to a single server, one among many servers on our platform, according to Blind Executive Kim Kim in an email. I am practically reading the article right now because it, there's not much that I can do to reword it to make it my own when they've kind of, Whitaker has done all of the work for me here. So the funny thing is that I find really interesting in this point is that TechCrunch had to follow up with Blind a week after the alleged leak and that was the only, t and only then with the TechCrunch follow-up did Blind pull the database that had been affected. And then the company began emailing its users on Thursday after TechCrunch asked for comment, according to Whitaker in the article. Um, so that's not surprising. We've also seen a lot of companies hide the fact that there has been a breach for an extremely long amount of time, actually, maybe a year or two at most. And I'm not sure quite sure why they're allowed to do that. I was under the impression that if a breach happens with consumer data, that they needed to be told immediately about that. Now, granted, I understand that when something like this happens, there is a lot of research that has to go into it. Well, first, research going into it about what exactly happened. Second, the actual fix for this, which involves a, a long series of phone calls um, with everybody pretty much within the organization, including uh, executives in the C-suite, and then pushing that fix, and then having legal and HR try to make it not seem as bad as it is. But granted, any leak is, is a bad leak. So I don't necessarily like the the stance that Blind took about this leak, which makes me worry that something like this could absolutely happen again in the future and we may not know it. Um, 
Whitaker and TechCrunch did their own research because they found, and I'm quoting this from the article, that the database provided a real-time stream of user logins, user posts, comments, and other interactions, allowing anyone to read private comments and posts. The database also revealed they encrypted private messages between members, but not their associated email addresses. And then they go on to say that they are obviously not giving screenshots or any data because it's highly sensitive and it's in no way going to help for this article. I added that bit on for myself. So this is interesting because one of Blind's, now just to remind everyone, this article and research was conducted in 2018. So within the article, Whitaker and TechCrunch actually give a link to an archive FAQS on Team Blind's website. And so I decided to forgo that and go on to Team Blind's FAQs myself and see what the heck they're talking about as far as privacy and security is concerned. So the one, two things that I'm actually concerned about are can I be identified if I join Blind? The only information that's required when joining is an email address. Emails are one-way hashed, salted, and encrypted. Accounts are stored on a separate server from hashed email addresses. This proves to be true considering that the database that was actually um, hacked into in 2018, they actually had plain text email addresses, but I see that they've actually hashed their email addresses, which is what you should do when you're storing email addresses in a database. I continue back to what is on Team Blind. This means that your activity will never be connected to your email. Your name will never, sorry, your name will not even be connected to your account since we never ask for this information. In short, it will be anonymous even to our team members. That also seems to be the exact same database design that they had in 2018 when this uh, breach happened because also none of that has changed. The only thing that has changed as far as that entire system is the fact that they're now hashing the email addresses instead of just storing them as plain text, which again, I will reiterate is what you should be doing with a database anyway. Today's episode is also brought to you by Grinding Coffee Co. Grinding Coffee Co. is a black LGBTQ plus affiliated and owned coffee business that is aimed at providing coffee to gamers and podcast owners like me. They have a great selection of flavors and also have variety packs in case you can't figure out what beans to choose. Visit grindingcoffee.co or click on the affiliate link in the show notes to use the code GETCUTE to receive a percentage off your order. Put your money in coffee where your mouth is. Support Black LGBTQ plus affiliate and own Grinding Coffee Co. Now back to the show. Naturally, I became even more curious about Blind and this type of authentication system that they were running when I saw that they have a U.S. patent. A U.S. patent. That's really cool. And the best thing about U.S. patents is that it's available to the public so you can exactly see what is going on. So... We're going to dive into their system and method authentication to see if Blind is truly safe to use, um, which honestly I can't do that much from just reading a patent for an authentication system since we don't know what kind of encryption and security, including security for the developers because we've seen that be a problem more than once this year, uh, Twitter. Um, they have on the rest of their application system, but let's pretend that the rest of that is perfect. Um, You can't see me, but I am doing air quotes right now when I said perfect. So word for word, the abstraction on their U.S. patent 
is this. Provided is a system and method for authentication. The method includes receiving a subscription request from a user terminal, the subscription request executed by the authentication server communicating with the user terminal, and including group discrimination data, including a group code and information for discriminating a group from another. If it is determined that the group code and the information included in the group discrimination data correspond to each other, performing a group authentication procedure on the user terminal and processing the group authentication procedure as being successful, issuing a member session key to the user terminal, and providing a service requested by the user terminal in response to the service request, including the member session key from the user terminal. In one embodiment, it is possible to prevent information on service users from being divulged. Ooh. Before we go on, let me give you the patent number just in case any of you want to look up this patent yourself and read along. It is US Patent 943972B2. So, not gonna lie, the first time I read that abstract, I was like, huh? Second time, I was like, definitely, huh? Third time, reading it to y'all, I'm still confused. However, there are more details available for US patents that they obviously need to know. So this part of information, which I'm not going to read entirely in full, otherwise this episode is going to be an extremely long process, it helped me understand what exactly was going on. Essentially, I'll read to you the first couple of lines to see if y'all will get it together, and then I'll explain it how I believe that they are running this authentication process, and then we'll kiki and try to figure it out. A non-transitory computer readable medium with instructions stored therein, which upon execution instruct at least one processor to receive a subscription request from a user terminal, the subscription request including a group code and a plain text email address. Store the plain text email address included in the subscription request in a table for subscription. When the group code and the plain text email correspond to each other, perform a group authentication procedure on the user terminal and processing the group authentication procedure as being successful. When the group authentication procedure for the user terminal is processed successfully, issue an authentication authentication key. I can't speak for the subscription request and store the authentication key in a table for subscription. Transmit the authentication key to the user terminal. And there's a lot more that's going on there, but what I'm seeing is is that they are giving a group code so that way you can't single out one user from the other, especially if you don't have access to the email address. The email address is going to be stored and hashed in a separate table. So if all you have in this current table with the user terminal is the user terminal request and then also the group code, they're saying that there's no possible way for you to be identified, which honestly, I don't know. Apparently no one else has thought of that because they have a US patent for it. I would like to know more about that, but I don't have the time to dig into that any further. (laughs) To me, it makes it seem plausible that I wouldn't be able to be identified. However, the breach in 2018 is making me think that the main issue is making sure that the table that is storing all of the email addresses stay hashed and stays secure so nobody can access the table and then everyone will be fine and dandy. I say that, but there's always a chance that something fucked up might happen. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not safe and secure at all. But for me personally, 
I'm okay with being on the application. Um, you know, like I said, I'm in a position where it's using an old company email address, so and I have no plans of actually updating to a new email address. Plus, I don't post on that app anyway, much like how I use my Reddit account. So we're good. We're Gucci, you know? We stand. We stand blind. Um, I mean, blind as any social media account or platform. Um, they're going to be assholes on it. They're a bunch of assholes. I mean, the majority of people that use blind are tech bro assholes. All shade. Um, so, of course, you're going to find some idiots on there, but I usually avoid that because I just like going to the top posts of the day and seeing what those are about. And then um, I really don't search for anything else on there. I know I've had a friend reach out to me and say that somebody um, posted my Medium article about um, the discrimination and racism that I faced at my old employer, and a lot of those uh, comments weren't too, so great. But then again, if it's a bunch of people um, that are tech bros and they are talking about discrimination and racism, chances are that, um, and if they're with my old company, chances are those comments weren't going to be so great after. All. So all in all, should we trust blind? Should we continue to use blind? Yeah, I feel as though you don't stop using an application um, until it gives you a reason to stop using it. And so far, I will say that blind has helped me in terms of um, in conjunction with levels that FYI, um, it has helped me to figure out what salary band I should be looking for. Um, for the position that I'm in um, and all of those factors. And, you know, it's really nice seeing that information in almost real time from people who are also interviewing and going through um, the negotiation process and everything like that in real time. So I definitely see Blind as a resource. Um, obviously, again, just like any social media platform, use with caution. Um, and especially with its <laughs> when it's your work email used with extreme caution. I will say there is an option to sign up um, with a quote unquote normal email address, meaning like a Gmail, Yahoo emails address, whatever, um, but it's read only. So you wouldn't be able to make any actual posts there. And I know there are other limitations, like you wouldn't be able to go to like company specific sections of the website. Um, obviously those are usually only for people that have um, their email addresses as their verified work email addresses. But other than that, I don't see anything wrong. I know that the people that replied on that post and CS career questions are also on the same page. I mean, as long as it doesn't give me any other breach or anything else that I should be worried about, um, then I feel like it's fine. And like I said, the main issue with that breach was that they were storing email addresses in plain text instead of hashing them. And um, if anybody else is great at system design, you all can tell me if it's um, if there's anything else to worry about, including their authentication system with their US patent, go ahead, email me. I don't know a lot, um, but that was my general understanding of it. And hopefully we can keep on using blind or lurking on blind. I, yeah, not using lurking because I lurk. I lurk on all social, all social media, but like Insta stories and Twitter. Let's be real. 
All right, if you liked this episode, feel free to leave a like and a comment and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this episode because it really helps me out and all that great stuff. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to email me at thegetcutepodcast at gmail.com. Also, feel follow feel free. See, I can't speak. This episode was so hard for me to record, you guys. You don't even know. Um, follow the podcast on Twitter at Get Cute Podcast. You may also follow me on my public Twitter, on my personal public Twitter. Not saying I have a private one. Again, words are really hard for me today. And that is at So and So's. Feel free to follow me because I do tweet about t-shirt designs and all of that stuff on there. So it will be a good time. I think honestly, I just need to get off of this microphone because it has been a rough episode. <laughs> I'm not sure why talking about blind was so rough. I, I mean, I really enjoyed this episode. Hopefully this will spur all of you to start researching into blind and other applications that you're using, especially if they say that they're giving you an anonymous feature. As you know, no one is truly anonymous on the, on the internet at all. But um, we like to think so. We like to hope so. Um, so yeah, I think that's all that I have for you today. And I will see y'all next week. All right, bye.